Hey, I'm Jesse. What was the deal with John the Baptist's baptism versus baptism as we know it today? John the Baptist's baptism was not done in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It was a baptism of repentance from sin in preparation for the Messiah's arrival. Here's Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. For he is the one spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, who said, A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord and make his paths straight. This is a prophecy from Isaiah that described this forerunner to the Messiah. The Antichrist will have something similar to this, this hype man who comes up ahead of everybody and says, everybody, the, here comes the man. Well, John the Baptist was a fulfillment of Isaiah who told everyone, he was this voice crying out in the wilderness where John the Baptist preferred to do ministry. He was known to wear camel hair and eat locusts and wild honey. And he would tell everybody, prepare the way of the Lord. He would tell everybody to get baptized in preparation as a symbol of their repentance from their sin because the Messiah is coming. And John the Baptist would say, there's one coming after me who is greater than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. And John the Baptist isn't so named because he was baptizing people and his, and his disciples were baptizing people to get ready for the Messiah's arrival. Verse four, now John had a camel hair garment with a leather belt around his waist. And his food was locusts and wild honey, which I can only assume means that he ate some of the bees too. Then people from Jerusalem, all Judea and the vicinity of the Jordan were going out to him and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? <laughs> this dude, wearing a dead animal, eating bugs, baptizing people in the wilderness in the Jordan River, looks at the most educated dudes in the world, the religious leaders of his day, and says, brood of vipers. <laughs> These are just fearless. I can picture like the offended look on the Sanhedrin's face, like, oh, how, you, how dare you call me that? <laughs> but John, John the Baptist doesn't give a rip. Like, he's doing what God made him to do. Therefore, produce fruit consistent with repentance. Oof, man, that, that'll convict anybody, right? Produce fruit consistent with repentance. All right, he looks at these Pharisees and all their regalia. Hey, that's cool, man. Why don't you repent from sin and actually produce fruit that's consistent with that repentance? All right, you'll know them by their fruits, Jesus would later say, and how to gauge false teachers from real teachers. John the Baptist's calling out of the Pharisees was well warranted. Let it convict you too. It's easy to look at that with a moment of schadenfreude and say like, yeah, tell him John the Baptist until we take his words and press them to our own hearts. Are we bearing fruit that is consistent with repentance? John the Baptist goes on. And don't presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. Meaning you're like, your appeals to your ethnicity and your pedigree don't mean jack. For I tell you, John the Baptist says, that God is able to raise up children for Abraham from these stones. The ax is already at the root of the trees. This is an indictment of Israel. Therefore, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Remember the fig tree that Jesus walked past? It was fruitless. Jesus killed it. And this is immediately adjacent to the cleansing of the temple. 
I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. I'm not worthy to remove his sandals. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing shovel is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with fire that never goes out. John the Baptist did not employ the seeker-sensitive approach to ministry. <laughs> Man. He baptized people in repentance for their sin in preparation for the Messiah's arrival. But the Messiah, he said, would baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Exactly as John the Baptist foretold in the very end of the Gospels, we see Jesus telling his disciples, like in Luke's Gospel, in the very last chapter of Luke, Luke 24, he's telling them, but wait here until you are empowered from on high. And then in the beginning of Acts, we see him tell his disciples, you will receive power when my Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then what happens next? At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit pours out. And then how is it represented by these tongues of flame that come down? To be baptized in the Holy Spirit is to be fully immersed in the Holy Spirit of God. This preparatory baptism of John the Baptist's became popular as his disciples would go out and spread the word. Evidently, Apollos, whom we meet in the book of Acts, was teaching baptism, but, and he was teaching about Jesus, but his understanding of baptism was wrong. His understanding of baptism was still preparatory in nature, not baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit, not being baptized in the Holy Spirit, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. So John the Baptist's baptism was a time to prepare because the Messiah was nigh. What's so cool is that you and I have a similar ministry to John the Baptist's. While John the Baptist told everybody, prepare the way of the Lord, repent from sin, the Messiah is coming. For the first coming of Jesus, you and I have a similar mission to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything God commanded, knowing he is with us always, even to the very end of the age. We are to prepare people for the second coming of Christ. We are to baptize people, but now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we see them baptized in the Holy Spirit. They, they, that this is manifest through gifts of the Spirit, the least of which is tongues, but tongues included. We see the spiritual gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 11 and 12 and 13 and 14, which we're going to cover next year. We see the Holy Spirit totally cover people. I mean, it's not like you leave part of your body out of the anointing of the Holy Spirit because you still want to have this practice of sin that you keep off to the side in a secret. No, you're fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. And you exude supernatural love, joy, peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Your spiritual gifts, whereby you, like a puzzle piece, just fit perfectly into one of the needs of your church. The Holy Spirit covers every aspect of your heart and your life. You are baptized in the Holy Spirit, the fire that came from heaven to start the church into the New Testament era. That's our baptism today. The baptism of John the Baptist was get ready, the Messiah's coming. So look at this wild man, loud mouth, bold baptizer, and do likewise.